Hey. So, what the fuck is with this email? It's not an email. email. It's a text, you old man. Text message. Whatever. <laughs> so, before the show, uh, and I'm sure everybody can hear me a little bit better now uh, than they can on episodes one and two, because I am using the microphone that I actually bought for this fucking podcast. Oh my god. <laughs> So, now here I am, actually uh, able to use the microphone. So, so you had it on, what, your laptop microphone last last time? Yes. So, anybody who's ever tried to record anything can, you know, if they're on Audacity, if you go to the top left corner, uh, you know, under where it says, or it's got the little record button, it has a selection of microphones. And so, I have finally decided to select a microphone that we're using here now. Anyway, whatever. Well, great. Mazel tov. Fucking idiot. Yeah. Well, I was also apparently screaming into the microphone those first episodes, so... Oh, learned. oh my god, you just blew Jesus it Christ. the fuck out. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Okay. I would uh, like to say that I think uh, I had very dulcet tones on the first step. You were very pleasant to listen to. Thank you. Yeah, Rachel had the best microphone skills thank you so much i dj'd at a college radio station for one semester so did i but they they, i shout out to wuvt fm 90.7 blacksburg uh who uh taught me how to speak into a microphone but not how to actually do any engineering behind it so (laughs) i am dumb (laughs) well uh, turning the mic on, I think, is, is probably step one for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, hey, lessons learned. We live, we learn. Mm-hmm. We laugh, we cry. <laughs> live, laugh, love. That's right. So, welcome everybody to Gabagool and Roses, the only leftist Sopranos podcast. I'm John, joined as always by... Ben Woody. Rachel. Okay. All right. <laughs> by Trainwreck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I'm Ben, and you can probably hear me better on my fancy mic, uh, as opposed to my bullshit, uh, government-issued Dell laptop mic. And I'm Rachel, and um, I have nothing to add. Yes. And we are the hosts of Gabagool and Roses. Like I said, the only leftist Sopranos podcast. What we do on this show is every week we watch an episode of The Sopranos, and then we're going to talk about it. And that's what we're going to do here today. We're going to talk about episode two of The Sopranos, the title of which I have already forgotten. 46 Long. <laughs> it's called 46 Long, and it's called that for reasons. Um <laughs> So for anybody who has ever shopped for a fat man, uh, you probably know what 46 long means. And if you haven't shopped for a fat man. I don't know. 46. Okay. Now I know what. Now I understand the reference because I'm I am a fat man and that is not my suit size. <laughs> so but now I get it. Right. So I, it's, Ra- a, it's a jacket size. Got it. Rachel. Looks confused. <laughs> well, I'm just reminded yet again uh, how fucking unfair it is that y'all get sizes that make sense, and uh, we don't. Uh, you know? We meaning Jews. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Um, the Jewish people have been discriminated against in our uh, pant sizes and suit sizes, and I'm sick of it, honestly. That's why they're always so big. And just That's right. That's why they're always, they always uh, look like a fucking paper grocery bag just draped over a fucking piece of spaghetti. Um, I don't, I don't want to talk about my ex-boyfriend anymore. Sorry. Okay. All right. So... So, right, so we're going to talk about Season 1, Episode 2 of The Sopranos, called 46 Long. Ben? Uh, before we get into the episode, uh, okay. you're, I just want everyone to know, you're the you're by far the more sartorially inclined. You're the better There's dressed. There's no way that's true. You, it definitely is. Uh, I've totally uh, copped a tie uh, based on a tie that you had once, and I wore it wow. to a job interview, and I got the job. So, uh, Ooh. Blue pin dot? Yeah, that one. Navy blue pin dot will get you the job every time. Yeah, baby. So, uh, <laughs> anyway, the point is, Q 
can you explain uh, what 46 long means, like, literally? Like, uh, it, oh, I don't know how literal I can be. It is the jacket inseam, and long means it's, it's for a tall person, as opposed to regular or uh, short, to be for a short person. Or big, which would be to make more room in the tummy area. <laughs> ah, okay. So, like, so what? It's forty six of what? Forty six inches. Inches. Where? Um, that's a good question. I believe it is down the sides, from under the armpit sleeve, from the bottom of the sleeve hole to the bottom of the jacket. I think. Okay. Or it might be around. I don't know. All right. Maybe it's around. That would make more sense. Okay. This. <laughs> I don't know. We're teaching. We're teaching our, uh, you know, <laughs> our PMC brethren how much we know. Uh, That's right. So, <clears throat> all right, forty six. I'm sorry. This is your show. You fucking talk. <laughs> no, this is our show. <laughs> oh, now it is week. our show. Okay, this is our show. Interesting. Excuse me. Um, so. <laughs> Um, this is the second episode of The Sopranos, so first impressions, what did we think? Uh, I thought it was a lot more, like, clean than the first episode. Like, it's mm-hmm. just, it kind of goes at a more suitable pace, I feel. Um, I understood more of what was happening. Yeah. Benjamin? Yeah, that's, that's a, yeah, I agree with that completely. It, 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 it's less frenetic and more, like... Uh, all right, let's let's get down to it. We've got enough time. We uh, they've obviously ordered you know at least a season so we can sort of flesh it out and and we can make this make sense. I like that. Cool. So let's uh, let's walk through the plot a little bit. Um, let's start with the uh, start with the truck hijacking since that's where oh, the episode God. starts. Um, so the, our first uh, plot line that we have is about Christopher and his fuck up buddy Brendan. Um, who are trying to make their bones by uh, by hijacking trucks, uh, but the guy they've got on the inside is at uh, Carmody Trucking, which is uh, which uh, Uncle Junior has protection money. He runs a protection racket for them, so they are uh, fucking with Uncle Junior's business. Yeah, and uh, <clears throat> they make it a point to say, "Rough me up," uh, or the driver does. You know, rough me up, make it look like I'm not part of the job. And they oblige. Uh, yeah, it was sexy. They okay. Go on. Um, Very sexy scene. Yeah, he's like, uh, you know, tie me up, baby, oh. and uh, you know. He it, wants to be scathed. Yeah, that's right. He wants to be scathed. Uh, he can't leave unscathed. So they they interesting. I thought they punch him once, and then he's like, okay, that's enough. Okay. Uh, and then they continue to beat the shit out of him uh, until they they deem him appropriately scathed. Uh, and then they make off with the DVD players. Yeah, the fucking DVD players. It, it reminds me of the original Fast and the Furious movie. The first thing that they steal in that movie are combination TV, DVD, VCRs. Jesus Christ. Uh, and it really ages the movie. Um <laughs> Similarly, this is this is putting us well into the into nineteen ninety nine. Yes, mm-hmm. right. Well, because also the DVD players are like a treasure. Like Tony ends up offering one to. Did he offer one to Uncle Jackie as like consolation? He did. Or somebody, yeah. <laughs> it's just like let me bestow upon you this most wonderful gift. It is my apologies for my error. Is the sound is better, as Brendan right. points out. Right, that's right. Brendan is a fucking annoying asshole. Yes, he is. And I have a lot to say about him, but we'll wait. There, there's more in the next episode, so I'll wait. Okay. But fuck yes. that guy. So yeah. So Brendan sucks. Before we uh, keep marching through with this uh, with this lift, uh, I do want to get to the side quest that Tony is on, which is find. The teacher's fucking Saturn. Oh my god. (laughs) So AJ's uh, teacher's Saturn was stolen right out of the parking lot. He'd only had it a year. Mm -hmm. And um, Carmella asks Tony to look into it. Tony says, what kind of grades are you getting? (laughs) Yeah. A D. 
uh, D plus or something. And then Tony says, uh, I'll see what I can do. And Carmela says, that's not the point. Yeah. And, um, and it's like, what do you mean that's not the point? You asked him to help. Like, you know what your husband does. <laughs> right, yeah. He, uh, Carmela just, she's got a big heart. She's got a big bleeding yes, heart. Yes, I wrote that. I took that down. Carmela is kind. We, she, <laughs> she wants to help. Although I do think, you know... I think she probably was playing him a little bit because she didn't technically ask. She just mentioned it to Tony and Tony was like, ooh, I'll do something about it. And I think she knew what she was doing. Oh, yeah. And she she even says, so uh, piggybacking off of what we talked about uh, in our last episode, uh, even Carmela refers to Mr. Bompincero as pussy. Yes, yeah, right. <laughs> says that can't you ask pussy to look into it because pussy right. goes, owns the body shop. <laughs> Um, Jesus Christ. So, so then uh, we go from, uh, so Tony takes this chore and it becomes uh, Pussy and Polly's Big Adventure. Yeah. um, Oh my God. To track down the car. Um, We get, yeah, go ahead, Ben. Right. So one of the things that, uh, that Pussy and Polly end up doing is they end up in a, in an espresso store Lamenting. Right, Starbucks, basically. Right. It's a Starbucks knockoff. Yeah. And they're just like... They call it butt fucks. <laughs> <laughs> they call it butt fucks. They're, so they're in butt fucks. And, you know, yeah. and I, I totally know this this feeling. Like, you show up at a, in a business and you're like, why the fuck didn't I think of this? Except right. it's a coffee shop. <laughs> like... <laughs> right. But, but Polly's big concern is that they're ripping off, they're profiting off of the Italian culture. Espresso, yes, cappuccino. Yes, appropriation. <laughs> Even though uh, it's like... Why didn't the Italians get in on this? The coffee of the day is like New Zealand, like, tree coffee yeah. or whatever. berry or something, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he kind which, of... Which elicits a maron. Yes. Oh, yeah, I've got a mar- maron. Mm-hmm. Um, he... he kind of launches into this rant about like Italian cuisine and it's like just Italian supremacy. It's like we invented the best things and fuck these people for trying to like steal our shit. And um, like a big sob story for the Italian culture, which is being robbed apparently. Yeah. Polly says that they were eating their pishkadil and they were, they get the gift of our cuisine. Yes. Um, so then, as an, in an act of revenge, he steals like a he steals <laughs> what does he steal? An like espresso a, press an espresso or something. Press. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he just well, like just, puts it under his it's jacket. Huge. It's huge. It's huge. He just puts it in his jacket. It's a great visual gag for sure. <laughs> Uh, and then we get to see a little bit more Polly Walnuts, who's one of my favorite Yeah, characters. he's a mess. Uh, he's a total mess. Um, so he's working on, uh, tra- do we want to, let's just go through that thread while we're on it. Um, they, the guys who have stolen the teacher's car, we get a little bit more uh, homophobia this yep. week. Oh, yeah. Um, as they're referred to as... Uh, the Spice Girls. The Spice Girls. Yes. Yeah. Because it's a, it's a gay couple. Mm-hmm. Um, played very stereotypically, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, not great representation. Um, but anyway, they go, they break down the door. The These guys think that uh, Pussy and Polly are cops. Because they ask <laughs> for a lawyer. So not the smartest guys. Just poor uh, They take them to go find the car. Uh, the car has already been chopped. Um, so then they send one of them over the razor wire to get the plates, and then the other one's got to go steal, uh, a fresh satin and, uh, and bring it back. And then, uh, at the end of the, one of the last things in the episode is they, uh, show the teacher at school, his Saturn's back where it, it, where it was supposed to be. He has different keys for it now, he notices. And then he pops the trunk to hope that his papers are in there, and it's clearly been freshly painted. It was yellow before. Uh, And he gets wet paint on his fingers. Um, And so it's clearly been, uh, it's clearly not his car. And then AJ Soprano says, my dad's a hero. (laughs) Yeah, my dad's a hero. He also tells the other, like, uh, kids and teachers around that his uncle... Yes, say, my yes. uncle pussy got this and, and the and teachers do balk at it like, <laughs> they're like okay <laughs> well a big part of this podcast is going to be us talking about the name uncle pussy oh, we ha- i mean it's it's fucking gross. it's noteworthy yeah it's probably better than uh uncle junior and uncle baby billy yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well and pussy uncle is, baby junior pussy is good because then they go you know like every 
it's kind of a reliable uh, bit that they can just keep going back to. Just it's it adds a little fresh hilarity to any situation. Right. As soon as somebody hears that name, they're like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> just to remind you, like again, this is absurd. Yeah, these men are absurd. Um. So that's sort of, I think, probably our C or D storyline, but we'll go ahead and get that one out of the way. But pulling on that, on that, these people are fucking stupid. The very beginning of the episode starts with them sitting in a, sitting counting money or doing whatever it is that they do, you know, ad- administering their business. And there is, you know, there's a Vincent, what's his face, who just got out of prison. He's a rat. And he's giving this in-depth interview with the U.S. attorney. And... And the and they're very clearly talking about like you know these the guys who are still at it are fucking morons they're bad yeah. it's all different and they're all like ah we're you know we're still smart or whatever it is that they're right saying. the death of the mob right that's what they're talking about on TV and and um, Tony talks about that a little bit in the first episode where he talks about you ever feel you, it's good to get in something on the ground floor mm-hmm. and I got in something at the end. So I think that's sort of the theme of the first season um, is about whether this is whether there's any longevity to what to this lifestyle. During that scene, they someone also mentions that organized crime is always going to exist because of the human appetite for porn and gambling. And I, you know, here's a good opportunity for us to have a little conversation about whether or not you can the, the first of all. Is there a human appetite for porn and gambling, <laughs> or do those uh, do those urges come from other, you know, uh, parts of existence or like uh, conditions? Um, but then also, is organized crime the only legalized fucking you know legalized sex work, decriminalized sex work, and uh, why? It's just that sentence is so illogical to me. It's like. Where are you getting this idea that human humans like need porn and gambling? What is going on right. there that you think that those are like two of the main? It's like the hierarchy of need or whatever. Right, right. <laughs> Food, water, shelter, porn, porn, gambling. Yeah, that's that's about right though. I feel like yeah, right. No. Well, uh, what comes next after food, water, shelter in your hierarchy of needs? Porn and gambling is a, no. Um, <laughs> But, but, uh, but no, I think that's, or, or, or aren't those really a side effect of capitalism? Well, and that's exactly what I was thinking. I just, I didn't want to say it, but <laughs> I wanted to lead I, us I'm somewhere. I'm making your implicit explicit. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and organized crime is the way that we, uh, I guess in a sense, they're right in this system, um, those things will perpetuate and organized crime will perpetuate if, you know, we continue to, to uh, make those things illegal. Um, it will provide but, the supply for an illegal demand. Yeah. Right. But, you know, what, this is the problem. This I guess this explains why uh, nobody on the show is, you know, a leftist because they're just kind of like accepting that this is the way it is. There's no ability to see past it and be like, I don't know, maybe not. I do want a version of this show where Christopher's in the DSA. Holy shit. (laughs) He's a total Chapo guy. Oh my god. (laughs) Tony, Epstein didn't kill himself, Tony. (laughs) Somebody else whacked him. (laughs) Oh, they do kind of, okay, they talk about the conspiracy about Princess Di. Mm-hmm. That's right! Oh, that's right. Uh, so we are, we were going to talk about conspiracies somehow weirdly came up uh, on, I think, the first episode. Um, but yeah, they talk about whether the royal family had a Well, I, it's timely that we're talking about this, because as everybody who is listening to this podcast is obviously a royal head, right? We all love the right. royals. Of course. Uh, big shout out to Meghan Markle and Prince Harry not being fucking royals anymore. Uh, given I mean, the- I guess. Oh my god, they are completely, they're rebels. Yeah. They have totally said, fuck the patriarchy, fuck the monarchy. <laughs> they are out here living their best lives. Uh-huh, uh-huh. No, um, no, it's fucking stupid. They're so rich as fuck. They're making so much fucking money, and we're supposed to celebrate the fact yes. that they're, like, not going to take money from the people of England anymore, News, but right. they're still people, completely people get jobs. rich. 
news people have to pay their own mortgage. <laughs> now, what I do want to know is, uh, well, listen, I how much do we want to talk about Epstein on this podcast? Because Go for it. I do want to, I'm it's curious. It's a leftist podcast, so I think we're required, we have a minimum okay. requirement of 10 minutes of Epstein. So, we obviously, there's, the, the monarchy is protecting Prince Andrew in some way. I don't understand what their strategy is, because, you know, if... The fact that anyone let him do the that interview where he said that he can't sweat anymore, I don't, like... <laughs> so maybe, good. Maybe they're trying to have him whacked. I don't know. But um, part of me wants to believe that Megan was like, you know, we're not going to be a part of this. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe she found out about whatever the crown is doing to protect Prince Andrew. That it's a 400-year rule of pedophiles. Yeah, and then she was like, I don't think so. Not yeah. my family, not my children. But that's giving her a lot of credit, I think. That's giving her a, a lot of credit. <laughs> the star of Suits, Meghan Markle, mm-hmm. has that's unwound right. the whole pedophile conspiracy. Well, if she really if she really wanted to do us a favor, she would expose that shit. That's true. If there was anyone to do it, though, I think it'd be her. Yeah. Meghan Markle, <laughs> go on Gabagool and Roses. <laughs> yeah, Meghan Markle, come on Gabagool and Roses. Okay. Uh, so, so Rachel, do you stand? Do I stand who? Megan Markle. Oh, no. No. Cool. Sorry. I'm sorry. I don't, yeah, no, I will not stand anybody that is involved with the, the British monarchy. Well, uh, you know, I feel bad for her. I do, like, I think that the, there is validity to the, the crit- critique of, like, how the media portrays you know there mm-hmm. buzzfeed did a stupid dump but of course i read it they did like a stupid side-by-side comparison of like headlines about kate middleton and headlines about Meghan markle and it's like fucked up it's very right. racist and it's fucked up but like um you know good for her for getting out of that situation mm-hmm. i'm not gonna say i stand what was it there was something yeah what did harry Go say ahead, like you know the media killed my mom and they will not kill my wife like, yeah yeah well was it the media? Was it the media? That's what the guys in the back of the strip club are asking. Last time I take a limo in Paris. Jesus. <laughs> 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 oh, Your mother was giving blowjobs at the bonbon stand. <laughs> the Eiffel Tower. Hey, hey, hey did you hear that? that? He doesn't even wait a beat. That's what I love Polly Walnuts. <laughs> He's great comedic timing. He doesn't wait a beat. He immediately repeats it. Hey, Sil, did you hear what I said? I told him last time I was over there, I, your mom was giving blowjobs at the bonbon stand at the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> Nobody laughs. No. That's insane. If I was in that room, I would be dying. Right. Like, why is, why is Christopher doing bicep curls and tricep extensions and smoking a cigarette with the lightest dumbbell possible <laughs> what is going on because <laughs> anyway. I, I think he does a long he does lightweights and i mean you know what that means lightweights and long reps yeah those are glamour muscles right oh my god is that a thing <laughs> i don't know mm-hmm. i don't know yeah and smoking cigarettes definitely helps yeah 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 of course I have a question. Would either of you ever call your mother from a strip club? Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty great. All right, yeah, so let's let's talk about the Tony and Livia, uh, his mother, storyline. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Tony's got a call. He's waiting for a very important call to come while he's dealing with the fallout from uh, Christopher uh, heisting the... It's not really... It doesn't deserve the title of a heist. Yeah. Um, uh, hijacking the truck. Uh, he's, he puts search, uh, he gets into an argument with the bartender about the phone, which is important and we'll come back later. Uh, and then his mother comes on the phone or, you know, he calls his mom at the strip club. Sorry. Yeah. And, uh, and while he's talking to her, (laughs) she sets her kitchen on fire. She doesn't understand the phone. She's not very good at the phone. That's what we get out of it. Right. She's Uh, not good at much of anything. No, she's very bad old lady. Um, she, uh, she doesn't know the difference between the operator and the answering machine. Oh, yeah. She thinks Tony's fancy for having an answering machine. Mm -hmm. In 1999, that's not such a big deal. So, um, so then he, uh, so she has the peppers on the stove, the peppers catch on fire, the walls get it all black! 
Uh, she can't take care of herself. Well, she goes and spies on the on the postman next door, right? That's right. That's oh my right. god, yeah. She, yeah, she gets distracted. She sees the postwoman. And she, what is she doing? Yeah, she's literally just leaving a package. She's a very stereotypical old, nosy old lady. Yeah. Um, so she... Uh, so Tony calls Carmela to go over there and calls the, the fire department. Then Livia and Carmela talk. We get their sort of mother-in-law, uh, daughter-in-law relationship is not good. No. Well, it's interesting because as Tony's talking with his therapist, he, like, cannot seem to acknowledge that Olivia is a shitty person. Yes. But the episode, every scene Olivia is in only serves to show us how shitty she is. Right. She ru- literally runs her fucking friend over with, a, with her car. Yes. She's racist. She is horrifically difficult to deal with at every turn. Um, and Tony still is like, how could you accuse me of say, of hating my mother? That, that that does give me a an issue with like how the story is told. I mean, is it like are we supposed to take the uh, like all of what we see as as it actually happens or as Tony understands it? Uh, I think it's an objective third person view of the scene okay. of the situation. All right. Um. That's a very meta question. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think you're necessarily supposed to be saying it through Tony's lens. Otherwise, I don't think the show would let him be as dumb as he is. Yeah. Um, well, what's, well, so I am dumb, and I forgot that... No, what is, no, 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 no. I love you. I, look, let me be dumb. Let you me both be, fucking went to law school, so don't ever say that shit again. I, look, that, that means we're both rude. That just, that, yeah, that is, yeah, that means we're both idiots. <laughs> this is maybe the worst mistake I ever made. Anyway, let's go. Like idea, What's up, then? Like, the idea is, like, oh, it's the Dunning-Kruger effect, where you're like, like, oh, no, I'm I'm not, you know, of average intelligence or below. Like, I'm smarter than average or whatever. Like you, whatever. Fuck it. I haven't thought about this enough. <laughs> That's all right. We'll 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 explore it in later episodes when this happens again. But anyway, go ahead. Um. So, so now we've reached the breaking point with Livia. No, no, sorry. So she gets her a a, a nurse. Uh, the nurse is Trinidadian. Tony tells her not to smoke ganja in the house. Uh, fucking awful. Fucking I I mean on uh yeah I was dreading this scene. Just as soon oh, this is going to be uh, horrible. And it was. And it was. It was bad. And then apparently she, Livia says something racist to her. Oh, she's stealing, of course. She's stealing. Yeah, Livia thinks she's stealing. We don't know what she said to the nurse, uh, but when Carmela asks her, what did you say? She says, who knows? These blacks are so sensitive. You can't say anything. So she's been listening to Joe Rogan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Joe Rogan. Shout out to Joe Rogan. You fucking suck. Yeah, fuck you. Um, yeah, Olivia is the fucking worst. <laughs> she has almost no redeeming qualities. No. I mean, have you seen? Like, has she? Has she done anything good? No. <laughs> yeah. No. So, and and in fact, when uh, the, when Melfi asks Tony that in therapy. What is a what is the warm, comforting memory you remember of your oh mother? God. Oh my it God. takes him a beat or two to think of anything, and then what he thinks of is we were down at the shore, and my dad slipped. down the shore. Yes, yeah, down me. the shore, down the shore, and my dad tripped and he fell, and we were all laughing. Even she was laughing. Ma was laughing, and it's clear like that's the only time he can remember that she's laughed. And, and it's, it's not good. Like, yeah. that's not a heartwarming, awesome story of, like, she's tucked, you know, I was sick and she fed me soup yeah. and took me into bed. And, um, sorry, the cat is <laughs> the wreaking havoc on her setup. Shouts out to The Shinka. producer, Shinka. Yeah. <laughs> producer. Um, so, yes. That, so, she's awful. She is terrible. She is, uh, I, I can't imagine the hell of that childhood. Um, not to have a lot of sympathy for Tony, because he, he is a monster, and some of that is his own fault. But. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and like, let's be real. There are much worse mothers out there than Olivia. She's just very unpleasant. Definitely. Definitely. 
she's certainly that. So then Tony says, I'm proud of her because she drives her friends around. And as soon as he says that, she hits her friend with a car, breaks her wrist on the steering wheel. The friend breaks a hip. Um, so that's it for Olivia. She's She can't uh, live in the house anymore. She's got to go to, it's not a nursing home. It's, it's a, a retirement, retirement community. community. Everyone say it together. Um, so then she's moved into Green Grove, the retirement community. Yes. So to other thoughts, Ben, what were your thoughts about Livia? Did you have any uh, anything more to say about the um, Livia storyline? I, I will, um, you know, having recently, and by recently I mean like four years ago now, but still remembering having to uh, sort of break down a, uh, you know, an elderly family member's house after they've passed away. Just like the idea of, you know, of having to just get rid of shit and, and throw shit away is very fresh in my, in my memory. Um, And so that scene where, where Tony is convincing Livia that, you know, she's got to move out of the house and she's like, well, what do I do with all my shit? Dude, what the fuck? Like, why is this such a problem in America? Why is there so much shit in old people's houses all the all the time? It's just, yeah. I mean, like my parents' house now. Shout out to them. Uh, you know, when both sets of grandparents died, I don't know how they ended up with half of each. You know, each grandparents' households on top of their own fucking furniture. But I'm just like. God damn it. Like, get rid of this shit. Right. Like, what is wrong with you? Oh, my God. My my grandfather is a carpenter, and he just moved into a retirement community. And uh, we had to, t- we all took, we can't get rid of the furniture he made because mm-hmm. he fucking made it. Mm-hmm. And so now my dad, my dad's, like, two-bedroom uh, little bungalow is just filled with fucking furniture. He has tables stacked on top of other tables because there's just like no what nothing else to do with the furniture but like what is what does your grandfather say does he say like yeah like put this someplace where it will be used and appreciated no he fucking does not care he was like we'll just sell it all (laughs) Uh, god that is so exactly oh my god yeah and also he had, you know, he collected all the, just like, uh, I mean, during the, I guess it's got to be like the 60s and 70s, he just collected like tons of shit. It's like he has like a collection of bells, right, that he got at like estate sales. Or like he had <laughs> enough uh, um, beer steins to line the walls of his den. Right. None of them mean anything, but we all had to fucking take one for whatever the fuck reason. The, the tchotchkes produced by capitalism. Yeah. I did take one. <laughs> I have it in my house. <laughs> boy, oh boy. Well, and here we go. Capitalism. I mean, in... Uh, <laughs> here we go, capitalism. <laughs> you know, this idea that we can't take care of our own family members because for whatever reason, you know, like our relationships with them aren't good enough or, um, you know there's not enough room in your house. I mean, that's all based on capitalism. The need for retirement communities and nursing homes is dependent on the lack of support, community support. I mean, we just don't live that way anymore um, Mm -hmm. where you have the resources available to care for your loved ones. Right. Either way, and then people who need around-the-clock medical care and do need a, like a live-in facility don't have access to it either because of the cost. Right. So it cuts it cuts mm-hmm. both ways, and the the materials and the goods and services aren't getting where they need to get because capitalism is incredibly inefficient, um, despite what its its biggest proponents say. But then again, see, you know, when you've got the people who can't afford that sort of uh, that care. I mean that that becomes like an annuity for these companies. You know, look at this person that we're we're going to extract so much money for this person's care. We're not going to make their quality of life any better. We're just going to, um, you know, just just bank on this. It's 
it's it is yeah, depressing, is and really honestly, sad. it's fucking sickening. Like just to hear you talk, uh, and it is they do, they do think of human beings and human lives as fucking stocks or like a fucking asset that's yeah. they're gonna milk and it's gonna pay off in the long run, and that's the perversion of of the profit motive. <laughs> Can we do the dialectic now? God damn it. <laughs> So I do want to. So the, the, I, I do want to point out one more thing um, in the story, which is Tony's sort of relationship with the bartender. The first time we see that happen, um, he's struggling to talk with Livia while she's burning the house down, um, and he's fighting with the phone. And he says, "You're just like my mother. She doesn't know how to work the phone either, except she's 84 or whatever." And then at the end of the episode, uh, the bartender is again struggling with the uh, the phone. And one of the things he says is, I can't tell if this is an operator or an answering machine, which is the exact same problem Livia has. And this is the end of the episode. He's, he's gone through all this trauma and heartbreak or whatever of putting his mother in the, in the nursing home. And th- in that moment, the bartender is his mother. And he beats the shit out of yeah. him with the phone. Oh, because my God. Because that's how he, he can't tell Melfi. He can't say it out loud. But that is him expressing his feelings towards his mother. Um, by just savagely beating the shit out of this poor doofus who works the bar at the strip club. And, and the strippers are just like, oh, gotta keep dancing. Yeah, they, they stop for a minute and look at him. Nobody calls for help. He's clearly unconscious. Uh, and they go back to dancing. It, it is also funny when Tony's on the phone with his mom and uh, it's and he's like, Mom, call the call nine one one. You do see the strippers in the back stop dancing. Yeah. They go up and they're checking on him because they do seem to be dancing for. It, it is a strip club in the middle of the day, and they do seem to be dancing for no one. Yeah, uh, except for the goomba, the the goombas that are there. <laughs> so let's get the climax of or that. I'm not sure if that was a climax or let's you know let's tie up the loose end that is the uh, the truck yes yeah we yes okay so oh uh shout out to Bodie from the wire making an appearance here before the wire uh as oh, one of the hijackers yeah. he's the one who has the gun in his lap um so so back up a little bit rewind shouts out to Bodie. um <laughs> uh so uh, Tony has a talk with Christopher about taking more responsibility and all this kind of stuff. So the next time Brandon has a truck to jack, um, uh, Christopher sits at home. He tells he tells Brendan, "Isn't this what we what we mean when we mean leadership? We need to just go out there and or we just need to uh, to do what they what management says." Yeah, and that's and hold on, we need to back up okay. too because because before this scene. Uh, Christopher confronts Tony about, you know, well, when the fuck am I going to be a maiden? That's right. Thank you. Yeah. And And he says he should have gotten his button after he shot email in the head. Emil. And Tony says the books are closed. So no new members. Which, as as an Italian means, uh, we don't read books. (laughs) Except for uh, The Prince by Machiavelli. Oh, my God. Which is a joke this show makes later. Uh, all these guys have read Machiavelli. And, uh, <laughs> He's Italian. Of course. Yeah, and Dr. Melfi introduces Tony to Sun Tzu. But anyway, oh we'll get to God. that. Right. Um, Chris is kind of a bootlicker. Uh, he is. In this scene, he is talking about, like, shouldn't we just do what middle management says? Yeah. And yeah, that is gross. Fuck middle management <laughs> and any management. In this situation, uh, it's probably, I mean, I guess life and death, basically. It's like you're dealing with people who are probably going to fucking kill you. Right. So uh, I guess it. I guess it's a little different. Maybe he's trying to save some lives. I don't know. Again, the jury is still out if Chris is a good, like, is he smart and a good character or is he kind of just as dumb? I don't know yet. Um, so then, oh, we do get, uh, in the, in the Brendan and Christopher storyline, we do get a cameo. Oh, baby. By the boy Marty. Martin Scorsese. Marty himself. Yeah. There's a little walk-by cameo as they're trying yeah. to get into a club. Um, little shout-out to the Goodfellas references, I think. Yeah. Uh, so shouts out to Marty. 
Uh, shouts out to the Irishman. Still haven't seen that shit. Nope, me neither. Yeah, it's very long. And I, I will not. It. I hated it the first time, and then I ended up liking it the second time. So, Why do you do that to yourself? <laughs> Why do you... Because I hated it, and I was like, everyone seems to love this. I must have missed something, and I did miss something, which is, it's not a regular Martin Scorsese movie. Uh, anyway. So. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, Mar- Marty makes an appearance, um, and then... Uh, uh, Christopher tries to talk Brendan out of it the day of the shooting, he, or the day of the hijacking. He goes forward with it anyway. Brendan, uh, he gets uh, a couple other guys to help him. One of them is Bodie from The Wire, uh, whose name I can't remember, but anyway. Uh, but no one can drive the truck when they steal it, so Bodie gets up and he's trying to drive it. He puts his gun in his lap, and then when he gets out... Uh, the gun falls on the ground, it goes off, and it shoots the driver of the truck, and he is dead. Now, this is a good opportunity to talk about gun safety. Okay. I don't know anything, so I was kind of hoping you would say something. Don't uh, point a gun at anything you don't intend to uh, destroy. I know that's part of it. Um I don't know, we'll have to get some SRA comrades. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, we should. Speaking yeah. of dating this podcast, I think on tomorrow in Richmond, Virginia, we're expecting a, a huge gun rally at the at the state capitol, given that the uh, Virginia General Assembly and the Virginia Senate and the Virginia governor are all uh, controlled by Democrats who appear to be uh, inclined to set forth some sort of milk toast gun regulation of some kind and so uh so they kill the guy uh are we still talking about gun safety because we don't know shit no we probably shouldn't say anything yeah, well, uh, I'll, I'll just say that uh Bodhi should have had that gun he should have had the safety on uh and he should have had it properly holstered probably yes so Bingo. he didn't have the safety on he didn't have it properly holstered yeah um, he wasn't treating it as if it was uh, as if it was loaded by just throwing it in his lap, and uh, he caused an accident, Dick Cheney style. Except the guy died. That creates a problem with Uncle Junior, right? Because now they're fucked. They were told not to touch Junior's truck, and they did. The truck is full of Italian suits, very nice. Um, so Tony goes to meet the guys in a warehouse. Um, Sal is there. Uh, Big Pussy is there. I think Polly is also there. Mm-hmm. I think all the Capos are there. Um, and Brennan and Christopher. They have a... Uh, Tony's like, you're going to have to get all this... Uh, put all this, all these suits back on the truck and take them. And then uh, Sal says, <laughs> what if all of these suits didn't make it back? Oh my god, he looks incredible. Uh, and yeah, they do look nice in those suits. Um so they do uh, steal a couple racks of suits each. I get to go uh, a, little, a little shopping spree. Yeah, nice little. I'd like some nice free Italian suits. Yeah, hell yeah. Um, so they steal some of the suits, um, and then the rest are going to go back. Christopher says, well, what about the dead guy? Tony says, light a candle, but I think you're <laughs> fucked, which is a pretty funny line. Uh, he's dead, so I guess we just assume that that's taken care of off screen, but... Um, uh, but then they have to pay tribute uh, to um, to Uncle Junior, um, or was that for the that was for the first hijacking? Anyway, that was for the first yeah, hijacking. I do want to. Yeah, we do meet Richie April for the first time, who's the actual boss. Um, and this is this is Gabagool and Rose's law corner here. Yeah, this is alternative dispute resolution one hundred and one mediator. <laughs> Or arbitrator of your choice, right? And enforcement of arbitration decisions, right? Yeah. Uh, Ben's putting everyone to sleep with his little ADR <laughs> lecture. But yeah, so so Junior and Tony have a have a dispute over the the um over what Christopher did because Christopher is in Tony's crew. Um and he fucked over Junior. This this is about the first hijacking, but we forgot to mention it. But anyway, the the importance of that is you meet um, Richie April for the first time, um, and he is the actual boss. But he has cancer, which Ben guessed in our very first intro episode that That's someone right. would have cancer. Um, and in fact, by yes. episode two, we have uh, cancer. Richie April has cancer. And is this I the episode where Richie gets a gift me. in the hospital, or is that no? The that's episode? the next episode. Okay, that's never episode. mind. Yeah. Uh, so, spoiler yeah. alert: the, no spoiler there. But um, we'll talk about that next episode. All right. So, fifteen thousand is the 
is the restitution. Um, ultimately, uh, Tony agrees. Tell me about how Tony intercedes again. Tony. So yeah. So Christopher goes to Tony, and uh, what Christopher owes is fifteen. He gives the fifteen to Tony, um, and Tony's going to work to negotiate it down. Um, so what they figure is Tony's going to take, or no, Junior's going to get ten of the fifteen. Tony's going to take two to three thousand, uh, and then they're going to be lucky if they even walk away for, with five hundred dollars from the DVD job. Mm-hmm. So again, they're got they're just getting fucked. Rough stuff. Yeah. And then, and this is just, it's fueling, it's, it's motivation for Christopher to try to do the right thing. And it motivates him to sit out because he wants to be a, ba- a made man so that he can make real money. Mm-hmm. And, and Drea DiMatteo is credited in this episode, mm-hmm. but I don't think she's actually in it. She was at the club. Oh, they, she's when at the they club. were at the That's club. Right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. She's at the club. That's right. Um, we get much more of her in the next episode. Yes. Oh, thank God. We stand. we stand. Truly. So, yeah. So, right. uh, okay. Uh, any other loose threads there that we still need to tie up? I don't think so. So, nope. so let's get into who we stand this episode. Are we going to do the dialectic? Um, okay. Yeah, we can do the dialectic. I thought we were di- doing that. We really liked that. Okay. <laughs> well, well we, no, no. Go ahead. Okay. Well, because... I'll let you start. <laughs> okay. So, one thing I liked, um, I really liked... Uh, Sal in this episode um, I'm sorry I really like him he's mm-hmm. he's funny he's he he's, does the Al Pacino just what I thought yes it's they so good yeah <laughs> interesting he's the only non-actor because he's the guitar that's player that's right, right? He's yeah Steven. and I like him um, and then something I didn't like again just uh, racism and homophobia it's bad and yeah. unnecessary um, and then the thing that I loved, uh, Carmela's outfit in the house, the yellow jeans and the blue and yellow shirt. Oh, yeah. I could not believe. It was so good. It was so 90s. It was form-fitting and like mom, you know, suburban mom. I loved it. Yellow mom jeans that came all the way up. Oh, yeah. They got all the way up from the floor she, yeah. to the ceiling. Yes. Mm-hmm. Ben, what was your, uh, what was your dialectic? This week. Oh boy. Uh, so what I liked about this episode was the um, uh, was tying in the previous or the pilot episodes um, like beat you over or not beat you over it subtle these guys are fucking morons yeah. and then show and uh, and so what I didn't like was the way in which they uh deployed their resources to effect change in the community which was to uh hassle some you know some idiots who are just trying to make a buck themselves you know who are working at the at the coffee shop uh and and put them in jeopardy and harm them and break into their house and all that shit uh and anyway they ended up with a a stolen car I, i you know i didn't appreciate that one bit let them have their hustle. But anyway, so the thing that I loved, absolutely loved about this episode, uh, was the was uh, Livia, her performance. I mean, it was just is spot on perfect. It's good. She's um, great. That actress is amazing. Mm-hmm. I wish I knew her name. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I can't think of it <laughs> now. Um, she's she's very good. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, something I liked. I really like the I like Polly's uh, performance in this. Uh, I think he gets a, a good chance to show off some of his stupidity and chops. Um, so I enjoyed that. Um, I love AJ Sopranos. My dad is a hero. Oh at the end, it's just so perfect. Um, and it's, such a little asshole. Uh, it so encompasses his character. My dad's the hero, making sure everybody knows um, <laughs> your dad is not a hero. But uh, I love that. Um, and uh, oh, something that I didn't like. I had also uh, I don't like the obviously the racism and the homophobia in this episode is very bad. And I also don't like the way that um, 
that that Tony treats the working class barman, yeah, um, and uses him as an outrage for as as a outlet for his uh, rage towards women mm-hmm. and specifically his mother. But I guess better mm-hmm. than beating the shit out of his mother. Yeah, but still, uh, try try pillow, Tony. <laughs> Kill your mom. <laughs> Just for the record, Olivia Soprano is played by Nancy Marchand. Thank you. And we stand. Yes. True. We stand. We stand. So, yeah. Okay, so who do we stand in the episode? Um, I mean, obviously, we always we always stand Carmella. I think that I would say, um, in this episode, I stand Polly. I think Polly goes on a whole adventure. Um, he confronts his nationality and the way that capitalism has raped their culture uh, and turned uh, and turned it into profit. So I stand uh, Polly. And also for stealing, which is good. Okay. Ben? Uh, uh, look, I, I stand Livia. Uh, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not getting more into okay. it. She did great. <laughs> Uh, I, I stand Sal. I think he, he, you know, like I said, the suit looks fucking great on him. And he's funny. It does look good. Yeah. I like I like Sal a lot. Um, so we got <laughs> Sal and Polly's Big Adventure. Both get stands of <laughs> approval so this good. week. Um, yeah, yeah. They were good. So I do like whenever the Capos and the underling guys go on adventures like this, they yeah. make for great episodes. Yeah. So um, we'll get more of those in the future. All right. Well, Zed, put a Zed top that one off. Are we good? Uh, I guess we. I guess we are. <laughs> Do we need to say follow us on the thing? Oh yeah. Yes, we're very bad at doing this. So our official Twitter is at Pod Sopranos. P O D S O P R A N O S. I'm at Johnny Awful. Uh, I'm at What Shakes Loose. And I'm at essential consultant but it's misspelled yeah it's terribly misspelled you can it's a pain in the ass to tag you in anything (laughs) you can just find us through the 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 podcast yeah our our ads are also in the description for the podcast uh and on our twitter bio uh at pot sopranos yeah and you can subscribe to us on itunes now yeah now you should be able to subscribe to us on itunes on pocket casts on google's music whatever and we should be on Spotify soon. So I don't know anyone who listens to pod- to podcasts on Spotify, but if you do, we're coming. I, I listen to uh, the Dissect podcast on Spotify. Shout okay. out to Kyle. Shout out. Shout out to the Dissect podcast. Cole Kuchner, that's his name. Yeah, shout out to him and Femi. Cole and Femi. Yelly pool. All right. Shout out. Whatever. <laughs> So, um, until next week, next week we will be doing the third episode, which is called Denial, Anger, and Acceptance. Uh, it's going to be very exciting. I think we've all, we've all seen and done a good job not talking about it. Yes, yeah, yeah, that's tough, but I think we did do a good job, except for me. So, (laughs) so, uh, yeah, share, uh, our podcast with your friends uh watch the sopranos with us uh this is like a book club but for dumb people and i love it so (laughs) so take your medicine go to therapy and organize for the revolution bye all right love you love you (laughs) bye